Hello and welcome to the Project Pelvic Health Podcast. Before we start, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about the eight-week postpartum program. It's for moms with a baby two years old or younger who want to recover and get back to things they were doing pre-baby. We work through things like leaking, prolapse, incontinence, etc. We help moms to get their lives back. If you're interested in learning more and want to see if working with us will be a good fit for you, send an email to erica at villagefpt.com or visit villagefpt.com. The link will also be in the show notes. Hey friends, welcome back to Project Pelvic Health. Today we have a guest with us named Emily. She has been one of my patients for the past eight weeks in the postpartum program here at Village Fitness and Physical Therapy. She's so much fun. We've made so much progress in our time in physical therapy, and I'm so excited for her to share a little bit more about her story, what her journey has been, um, and really hope you feel encouraged by what she's experienced and the progress she's made so far. So here's my interview with Emily. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Emily. Thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Hi, Erica. Hi. So excited to have this conversation with you. Um, let's just start with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Best question. Uh, my name is Emily. I am married to a wonderful human. His name is Sam. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been married for almost seven years next Monday. Crazy. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. So good. Wow. And then we have an almost two-year-old who is in her defiancy stage of almost two. Um, so sweet. Mm. <laughs> her name's Jacqueline. <laughs> Um, and yeah, for my day to day, loving on her, loving on him, but I also am a social worker. So I right now work at Azusa Pacific University in the Department of Social Work, and I love it, getting to empower students that are there, not just through teaching, but advising, admissions, a lot of very fun roles I get to have. Mm -hmm. um, and prior to that, I worked at an organization that I love. It's called Elizabeth House in Pasadena. Um, worked as a program manager there with our mamas who are experiencing homelessness, um, either that were pregnant or newly postpartum. And it was a really unique opportunity and place to be. Um, we think about the intersections of a lot of different things, but a lot of factors when it comes to disparities in maternal mental health um, and postpartum care. I learned a ton and I think have really ignited a passion for that population, especially when we think about parenting motherhood from different vantage points. Mm -hmm. um, we think about what I just got to experience, postpartum physical therapy. It's not accessible to everyone. It's mm -hmm. not something that's standardized care. Um, but absolutely love the work, especially that Village is doing when we think about holistic health because mm -hmm. it's something I'm really passionate about um, and saw with our mamas, saw with um, even some friends as we've gotten to talk about new seasons of motherhood. So that's yeah. a little snippet, a little bit about me. Love it. Yeah. Such important work. Sweet. Thanks. Um, tell us a little bit about your pregnancy with Jacqueline. Was there anything that wasn't, you weren't expecting that was a little hard for you? What was it like going through that process? Well, caveat to all this, uh, sweet, sweet pandemic baby. So oh, we, yes. in planning pregnancy, thought, you know, we're ready. Let's go for this. Mm. Um, so got pregnant in like December of 2019. Mm. So unexpecteds came when mm -hmm. the world shut down in March. Yes. Um, I think... Yeah, I think in my mind, like head knowledge wise, I was like, I'm totally prepared, right? At the time was working for Elizabeth House, had a lot of good head knowledge about pregnancy, about stages of development, about postpartum. My mom is a labor and delivery nurse. So I grew up hearing about childbirth yeah. all the time around the dinner, dinner table, you know, yeah. places you shouldn't hear about it. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think when I expected pregnancy, of course it is very different no matter what when you're in it mm -hmm. but especially going through a pandemic one of the biggest things that i wasn't expecting that was really hard 
um, which some of my friends laugh at me about, but was not, it's going to sound so weird, not having my belly touched. Like, really? you know, when you have that awkward story of the sweet auntie or grandma yeah. in the grocery store, you don't know that's like, oh, you're pregnant. Let me touch your belly. Yeah. That just didn't happen. So right? people are so weirded out by that. Super but, weirded. But you wanted that. I maybe didn't want the stranger, you know, <laughs> that's but like it was so strange to go through a whole experience and really only feeling her kicks myself mm. or my husband. And yeah. like, yeah, that was an interesting unexpected experience um other than that I think something that probably a lot of women deal with is the comparison piece so I think um when we think about weight gain in pregnancy Mm -hmm. there's you you shouldn't google that stuff ladies Mm -hmm. don't do that but there is a range they say right and I was very much on that higher end of the range Mm -hmm. so by the end I was just uncomfortable was over it Mm -hmm. um I jokingly took a picture at probably like 39 weeks pregnant at the beach and I was like I brought my own beach ball like legitimately looked like I had a beach ball so I think those things but other than that yeah I really I enjoyed pregnancy more or less I was really grateful I had a more or less easy one so good yeah that's awesome um tell us about labor and delivery in the middle of the pandemic in the middle what was that like August 2020 (sighs) pretty anxiety inducing um I think in my mind I knew I just wanted it to be my husband and I in delivery in terms of support person Mm. but you know, you don't get to go to the classes in person. Like everything, when you think about ways to equip and prepare. Um, For us at that time, we felt most comfortable with a hospital birth. And so things have changed if we think about another kiddo. But um, for him, that was what he felt most most comfortable with. And I I knew, yeah, it'd be a good experience in that way, given the insurance we had, all these things. Um, But I would say leading up to her birth, but also, yeah, actual birth, I think unfortunately there's just a pretty major lack in and it's not dissing on any OBs the wonderful humans that are OBs but Mm -hmm. there's sometimes a lack in care and intentional care so um birthing experiencing really grateful that we got to have the same OB that gave me my prenatal care Mm -hmm. deliver Jacqueline um but yeah just (laughs) giving birth in a mask uh was not expected pulled it off my nose I was like I don't think you want me to pass out um that would not be good yeah it was just a different experience but I think I felt I felt as empowered as I could be given the circumstances, had a great support person, went into to labor, really hoping to not have an epidural, yeah. but labored for like 24 hours and said, here's the thing. Let's mm-hmm. let's utilize the medicine that's here. Um, and yeah, once we got that epidural, she was here like an hour later. So yeah. um, grateful for the care we received. Definitely would say there's things that I would want to change moving forward with future kid planning, but. Yeah. Um, overall, was grateful I got to have a vaginal delivery, even though we had to go with interventions I didn't want to have in the mm-hmm. first part. And she came out as healthy as she could. Um, we stayed in the hospital for exactly the 24-hour mark. They're that like, was the other yeah. thing. Yeah. Straight up, they did not let you get outside food oh, at the hospital. Man. So I think my, that was my, that's a funny looking back. My first meal postpartum, like right after delivering, was like hospital meatloaf and mashed potatoes oh. and steamed carrots. You know? Yum. Not your, not your faith. No. So... But no. it was it was good overall. Tell us a little bit about um, how you labored. Were you able mm, to yeah. kind of move around? Mm-hmm. Did they give you the freedom to do things that you wanted to do? Were you yeah. restricted at all? Really good questions. Um, when we went in, I unfortunately was in, it's not called triage. What on earth is it called? Basically before being admitted to an actual room. That would be triage. Yeah, yeah. triage. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the size of this room, probably smaller than mm-hmm. we're currently in uh for like four hours so that was rough whoa that was real rough um didn't love that once we got into the labor room 
it really was just us. We didn't have a ton of support. So mm-hmm. that was rough. Um, people just kind of checking and monitoring heartbeat and things. But yeah. thankfully, they respected my wishes to have um, like a monitor that I could walk around with. So Perfect. got to do a lot of pacing, got to do post my mantras that I was, you know, reading Good. and trying to speak over myself. Mm. Um, but yeah, a really discouraging thing. I really was counting on like some sort of birthing ball situation. Mm. The one that was provided was like incredibly deflated and they could not find the pump. So like, here's a rocking chair. And I was like, do you know? Not the same. <laughs> not going to help. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say got to move around a bit. Good space, but not the kind of support I think could be provided elsewhere, perhaps. So, Can you elaborate a little bit more on what you would do differently? You touched mm, on it yeah. earlier that maybe second yeah. time around, you might do things yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. Touch a, m- a little bit more on that for us. I've maybe become a little bit too much of a natural birth fanatic. Um, no, no such I've, thing. No, no, no such, such thing. thing. I think, no, I think that there is incredible support and care within California, especially, but mm-hmm. a lot of places in the United States for midwifery, for having doula support, whether it's in a combo or one isolated from the other, um, would love, it's I mean, possibly someday to have a home birth, but I think there's some pretty sweet birthing center spaces and mm-hmm. getting to have um, a more, the way I could describe it, I guess, is a more embodied birthing experience. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we have medical interventions, there can just be limitations to the fullness of experience, which some people would just say, you're crazy, you want to feel it all, but it's I think there's something to... Um, pain management in different ways if you have good support so yeah uh, yeah, I think next time around would probably try to go through a birthing center Mm -hmm. and or a home birth because I think yeah there's incredible research out there there's so much that can happen within those first few hours of birth that sometimes gets swept away Mm -hmm. um, in the hospital setting and if baby's healthy mama's healthy there's Mm -hmm. women have been doing this since the dawn of creation we can do it so yes yeah giving some sense of control back to for the sure. mom. Yeah. yeah. And all that to say, right, like my mom has been a labor and delivery nurse in a mm-hmm. hospital setting for 35 plus years. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, I respect and honor so much what she does Absolutely. and there's space and place for it all. But I think sometimes we have over, yeah, I don't know if this is a word, over medicinalized or over, yeah, created an experience within the hospital that doesn't inherently need to be right. that manufactured in, in birthing experiences. Yeah. So. You know, it's a big passion of a lot of pelvic floor PTs you speak to as well with just informing patients that you have options mm-hmm. yeah. like hospital yeah. birth, whether or not that's what you want. There's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that, but just helping people understand a little bit more that there's that they have options, right. that they can ask for certain things, that they can investigate a little bit on their own and just know what's available so that they can make an informed decision about what they want their birth to look like. Yeah. And that's it. It's making sure. And I think that was something I valued so much being in Elizabeth House, making sure that as women, we understand there are options and you don't just have to go along with the first practitioner you see. I think Mm -hmm. that's across the board in a lot of different settings, but Mm -hmm. um, being empowered through the knowledge to say, great, I have these choices. I have this information and with an informed decision, I'm moving forward. Yep. So important. All right, let's dive into postpartum <laughs> uh, in the middle of COVID. Yeah. What did you feel like your experience was like? What do you feel like helped with healing? Did you feel mm. equipped to heal well and um, get back to exercising your runner? Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. That's fun. Um, let me think. I would say from the outset, I don't think we talk enough about immediate postpartum, both from the very physiological standpoint of it all, but mm-hmm. especially when we think about holistically mental health wise I think 
uh, we've gotten better as a culture about talking about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've gotten as good about talking about postpartum anxiety, about not just the hormones of the first six weeks plus, but right. saying, hey, beyond that, you could be in month seven and still be experiencing a lot of that um, anxiety and new motherhood. So I'd say for myself, I knew head knowledge wise, like be on the lookout for these signs, you know, be aware of postpartum depression, but I didn't expect anxiety to hit me as hard as it did. Mm. Even though I'd already been a panda in a pandemic for a few months, right? It was, um, I think all consuming a lot of the time when you're a new mom, there are just, there's so much that is new. And mm-hmm. if you have a partner that's supporting you, there's so much for them that is new and understanding your new relationship with your partner, but also this crazy new identity that's just been cast upon you. Um, Going back to the physiological part, I think there's really sweet companies that I think are doing a better job about dispelling this, like Freedom Mom, right? Thinking about, hey, let's talk about a peri bottle. Let's talk about mm-hmm. really good preparation. Um, but I wish that as women, especially, we'd get better at yes. talking about like, hey, fully expect X, Y, and Z. Um, and creating more safety yes. around having that conversation. Yes. Yeah, so that it doesn't feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or awkward. Mm-hmm. Um I was really into, I'm going to totally not remember the author's name, which is a bummer, but there is a book called The First 40 Days that's a really sweet um, merging of both recipes, but also kind of this framework around with a lot of Eastern Asian cultures um, about the yin and yang in a body postpartum. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of consuming really a lot more nutrient-dense warm foods, so bone broths Mm -hmm. or... Um, but again, just that warmth versus cold. Um, and a lot of Taiwanese cultures, one of my cousins is Taiwanese, they call it the sitting month, where the mom is literally in the bed and everyone's bringing her things. Yep. I think so often in the United States, we rush to get back to. Yes. Um, and I think that's sometimes, you know, we on, there's only a six-week traditionally pregnancy disability leave. That yeah. is insane. Insane. You are not ready at six weeks to in be re-engaging. France, it's a year. Which is amazing. Yeah. Like, can we all right? change and move? Just kidding. Yep. Love you, France. But... Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of Westernized countries that it's a full year, not Mm -hmm. just for the mom, but even for the, for the partner. I think that is huge. Um, so not just for the physical recovery, but the acclimation Mm -hmm. and the, I'm really, really passionate about attachment and bonding that can happen with a baby and even a three month maternity leave to be able to get back to work. I don't think is enough time. There's just, there's so much that happens. So Did you feel supported in that process? Like, what was your experience like? Did you feel a lot of pressure? Interestingly enough, I was the first person to go on a maternity leave at Elizabeth House, which is so interesting. It's a wonderful organization. It's like 30 years old. But the ladies that work there, yeah, hadn't ever, there'd never been someone of my, anyways, uh, life circumstance. So I would say I did. I I would say I felt supported because of a lot of factors. Um, Remote work was still approved and a wonderful thing so even though I went back to work at four months postpartum it was fully remote until like month seven ish I believe Mm. and then I went back a couple days so I'd still get to be at home a couple days remote a couple days in person um yeah but I think and I did feel like social support wise I had friends that were super supportive of keeping that slower pace because I just I was you know I was being mindful of hey let's take this first month to really not do much um to go on walks to allow my body to reacclimate. but I wasn't in a rush to get back to x y or z mm-hmm. like physically or work-based mm-hmm. or even emotionally so I think giving yourself that grace and space especially in those first few weeks they call it sometimes the fourth trimester for yep. kid for the baby right but yep. that's also for you for you as a mom not just for the baby's development but for your own as well yeah did you feel a lot of pressure to get back to doing things 
quickly or did you feel like you knew enough at that point to be like mm, no I'm gonna take the time that I need to feel like I'm healed and healing before I'm jumping back into doing x y and z I think I had the time and space for most of the people I think it just varies right like people yep. kind of have their own expectations and those are cast upon you so you have to have the mindset with which to approach them and recognize their expectations don't have to dictate your actions mm. um That's yeah so powerful I, can you repeat that <laughs> one more time someone else's expectations don't have to dictate your actions mm. I think knowing deeply what you desire in that season is really important and I think I did and I had a supportive partner like my husband was on board with it and so yeah it was like we missed and it's still it's sad to me we missed his brother's 21st birthday Mm -hmm. and his family was together but it was like an hour drive and we were going to be an outside restaurant and Jacqueline was like two weeks old and I was like I'm not ready I'm just (laughs) I'm just not ready to navigate that Mm -hmm. Um, breastfeeding still felt so new I didn't feel like I wanted to throw a blanket on I just felt still felt not yeah two weeks fully fully you know and that was okay and they our family was super receptive to it but um you know there's a photo of it there's in a sweet little book that my mother-in-law made Jacqueline and it's all of them together so it's a cute little identifier of like there's Uncle Otto there's Auntie Alex um but it's it's like oh man yeah we missed out on that but it was my choice and I was I stuck by it and so Yeah. yeah What were some of the physical things that you were experiencing postpartum? Did you have a lot of pain? Do you feel like it took you a long time to start making progress with your healing and getting back to feeling a little bit more like yourself? Mm, Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I was really grateful that with my vaginal delivery, I did not tear, which I was kind of shocked Mm. by. Um, So that was awesome. But I still think there's just, I mean, there's so much. Like getting real with it, you go from the teeny tiniest to literal bagel. So there's a lot of recovery that has to happen with that. Um, I think, yeah, there's fun diagrams. So check Mm -hmm. out the, check out the bagel ones. Um, I think that probably, yeah, probably bleeding wise was pretty discomforting. I, and your, your uterus, right? Shrinking back down Mm -hmm. is something that women don't talk about. You don't talk about how you're still having contractions for quite a long while. Um, Mm afterwards and that's to help to literally shrink your uterus back down to its normal size but I think yeah you just feel you feel a little bit alien in your own body for a while and that's okay right you're wrapping things in place you're making sure things stay clean I would not advise people to use a mirror in those first few weeks right like people not the time you just um and yeah you sure like check out your face make sure you've washed it right but (laughs) don't don't check down there um I think there's just so much yeah that has to happen and you have to just let it happen um but thankfully I feel like overall I didn't have as much pain I would say um yeah if you choose to breastfeed like fed is best I love breastfeeding I love the power of breastfeeding super passionate about it but not navigating mastitis on your own is not fun Mm -hmm. and figuring out like is this worth going into the doctor because we're still in the height of the pandemic right and figuring those things out I would say but more so pelvic floors all that stuff felt good enough yeah in that season yeah yeah so we started seeing each other at about you were about a year and a half postpartum by the time we started meeting Mm -hmm. what were some of the things that initially piqued your interest in pelvic floor physical therapy especially about a year and a half out it had been a little bit of time um what were you experiencing what did you feel like you needed help with what were some of your goals that we started focusing on what were my goals erica Mm. um i think yeah, why then? I, I think that there had always been an interest for me. I think 
total full disclosure, a lot of it was financial. Yeah. So having just worked at a wonderful nonprofit, but then all, my husband's a pastor, like, you know, we're just making it work. I was paying off grad school that I had been in. Um, so it wasn't a priority in my mind. And then I think just got to a season where I'm like, okay, if we're wanting to have another kiddo in the next little bit, I want to feel at home in my body before inviting another person into that home. Um, to be grown and nourished and all the things. So I think I just realized, all right, before we try for a second, let's be mindful of a holistic integrated M. Um, yeah, so I think that's what initiated it. I think that was a lot of my goal setting was, hey, I should be mindful that though I'm back to running, though I'm back to biking and walking and hiking and doing fun things actively, am I doing this well? Am mm. I doing this with my new body well? Am I being mindful of you know, genetical things and being, you know, like, let's strengthen this so that I'd also don't have to have knee surgery before 40 like my mom did, you know, like, <laughs> let's yes. be, let's yeah. be intentional. And so I think it was a creation of, um, it was just a next step. It was saying, I'm choosing me and I'm choosing to be holistically integrated as I step into whatever the next season of me looks like. Yeah. I love that. What were your big takeaways? What did you learn? What are you taking with you? Oh, so much <laughs> besides... <laughs> Erica's just going to be bothered by me all the time because I have Anytime. to talk to her at least a little bit. Here Anytime. And um, no, I think big takeaways. Um, the first one is just in that initiation I chose to be able to come and do the postpartum PT yeah. work, right? Like take time for yourself. Um, so that's a big takeaway is to continue to make time and space. Um, I think in the simplicity of physical therapy exercises, some, yeah, sure, super complex, but a majority of I think the work that got to be done, I was surprised by, I can do this. I don't need to strive and strain for the most challenging thing. It's remember to start where you're at and mm -hmm. progress from there, right? Mm -hmm. So even taking the simplicity of a core exercise that built three different times and to say, great, I now can do this. And I started with this, um, remembering it's not ever, it's not like you're rewinding and backtracking. It's just, no, you're at this level and let's keep growing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big takeaway uh, for sure. We'll uh, take all the exercises from forward yes. from it. Um, no, but I think just even that mentality and that framework of whether it's five minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or anywhere in between, movement matters mm -hmm. and making intentional time to move your body. Um, it just affects so much more. And that's time and space for yourself. No one can take that away. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think just that, again, it all is connected. So if our physical bodies are not, you know, working well, um, it affects our mental status. It affects Absolutely. how we interact with the people around us. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that was surprising to you? Anything that surprised me about physical therapy? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think, well, thank you to Dr. Erica for making it such a simple experience okay. and a, in an environment that is comfortable. I think maybe women who are, hesitant about it in terms of especially the internal internal pelvic floor work mm -hmm. um depending on your upbringing depending on your level of comfortability with the human body I think it's just that was surprising to me to be able to be like no I can and that all comes from different what is your like what's your framework of sexuality so that's a whole yep. other topic for a whole other day um oh, yeah. it's a deep one deep one but I think I was surprised by um yeah the ease with which I felt like okay I can work on this like this is something great we can do this I think well, this is another takeaway. Like not, don't get comfortable with discomfort. Mm. Even if it's not pain, don't get comfortable with discomfort. Whether it's pelvic floor wise, otherwise with your body. Like do not just settle into, this is just, it's fine. Yep. Reminding yourself like, no, this is, there could be something here to work on. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, I think that surprised me, the comfortability with it. And I think I was, I was genuinely surprised that in eight weeks we were able to like close my diastasis recti a significant amount. Like mm-hmm. that to me was a little bit more, I just, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. And like the magic you work on the table, right? When I'm like, oh, me. great. <laughs> <laughs> we somehow just moved my leg over and it wasn't moving before because right. we changed something in my rib. I don't know what you did. So that's, I think that was sweet. I think the power of physical therapy is, was surprising to me. Yeah. yeah. Did it surprise you at all that we spent a lot of time working on like your hips and your back and how that related to your pelvic floor and your diastasis and other pelvic floor like things that you originally came in for? Mm. I think so. I think it was, it made sense, but I think initially it was like, oh, wait, okay, we're going to isolate work on that. Yeah. And then it affects this. Um, I think, I mean... Um, I, yeah, when I think about my faith background, when I think about what I believe, like there are scripture passages in the Bible that talk about the human body in relation to something cannot do something without something else, right? Mm -hmm. And so though it's meant as like this idea of when we work together in community, there's this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a reason that that's a metaphor. There's a reason that something in the body affects something else. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I would say that. Yeah. It wasn't crazy surprising, but I was like, yeah, this is awesome. So connected. Yeah. Um, backtracking a little bit, you, you said like one of the big takeaways that you had was taking the time to invest in yourself. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is probably the fourth interview we've, I've done Mm -hmm. with one of my patients and that's been a resounding theme across every single interview is that it was a big step for that mom to take to mm-hmm. put in the time, put in the yeah. resources to make that investment. Um, but it was so, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say to a mom who's still on the fence and is mm. like, oh, I don't know if I want to take the time. Like, I don't know if I have the time yeah. um, or the money or whatever. Yeah, There's yeah. so many different obstacles and barriers that can get in the way. Mm. Um, what would you say to her? Probably will get emotional. Um, That's all right. I think... You have to you have to think like who do I want to become? Who mm-hmm. do I want to be as a mom? Who do I want to be as a woman? Who do I want to be as a a partner, regardless of your marital status? Who do I want to be as a friend? Um, because if you are not taking the time for yourself, in whatever way it is, whether it's you love massages and you get one <laughs> once mm-hmm. a month, or you love reading and you just need that minute to read, um, th- at the end of the day, the world of motherhood, you will not have time. Like you could always be doing something else for someone else, Mm. but we cannot pour from an empty cup. We have to invest in ourselves fully. Um, And yeah, the financial bullet is one you have to consider. And like, it's not the time and place and space for everyone in their seasons, but I would say it was 100% worth the investment. And if you can figure out a way to invest in yourself, like that's the best investment you can make. Mm. Um, What kind of mom do you want to be when you're 50, when you're 60, when you're 70? Um, and will your body and your mind and your heart carry you there? Take the time to do it now so that you can. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, what would you say to a mom who just had a baby? Hmm. She's fresh postpartum. What do you want her to know? So many things. Come get coffee with me or I'll bring you coffee. That's, that's one of them is you're not going to know what you need. Mm-hmm. And that can feel really debilitating. Um, because if you have an awesome and strong support system, they'll constantly ask you like, hey, what do you need? How are you doing? Um, find mamas who have recently gone through this because they'll know exactly what you need and just be like, tell me what I need and then they'll do it. Um, I think be just be kind to yourself. I think there is a whole 
person that just grew within you for nine to ten months and also people don't know that hello 40 weeks is not nine months um (laughs) like it takes at least that amount of time if not more to feel at home in your own body again without a sweet human growing within it so um i would say i wish somebody i swear people told me this and i guess you can't fully you cannot fully comprehend until you experience it but the amount of sleep deprivation is unlike anything i had ever experienced um yeah so i think you have to be kind to yourself because your mind is going to play tricks on you when you're up from 2 to 4 a.m and no one else it feels like in the whole wide world is and you're trying to get this baby to fall back to sleep um, or sleep at all and i think there is just there are wars that can be played i think in our minds um for sure internally like (laughs) in that season so just be kind to yourself and remember that newborn stage it is fleeting even though each day feels like a year um it'll pass you've got this you can do it and yeah find those places you can be fully vulnerable because Mm -hmm. you're caring so much you're doing so much for so many yeah i love that beautiful um last question you're hopefully lord willing hoping to have another one yeah what are you taking with you that you want to carry into your next pregnancy your next postpartum journey what do you feel like you've learned and that you want to you want to do differently mm. or just take with you into that new experience because every pregnancy is different everyone is so <laughs> different i think that like knowing like shedding expectations for myself of it being even a resemblance of the first one i mean it won't we're not in the same status of pandemic yeah uh hopefully monkeypox doesn't doesn't oh, <laughs> anyways I um i think yeah i think a lot of what i'll take away um is a bit more of that cherishing, right? Like with a second, you've got this sweet little loved one you already have, yeah. and then you're trying to soak it in. But you're also probably not checking your tracker of the baby is the size of a orange, <laughs> you know, like that. But I think it's the, so I guess what I mean by soaking it all in is like being, I think I'll be more intentionally aware of my body this time around. Mm. Um, not that I was neglecting what I was putting into it or things or moving and all that stuff. I think I just have better tools in my toolbox to be able to navigate is the best way to say it. Um and then especially when I think about, yeah, that postpartum work as well. Like mm-hmm. literally tools in my toolbox. Um, but I think I hope to go into the next season of expectancy, whenever that might be, with less expectation than the previous. Um, just hold it loosely and to, yeah. to let it come as it may. Yeah. It's a hard thing to learn. Mm-hmm. I feel like with mm-hmm. any area of life. Hands down. But man. Yeah. And I know sometimes people like talk about comparison being the thief of joy, which I totally, mm-hmm. totally agree with. But I think from a lot of my relationships, I've constantly learned like expectation is. I think yes. when you come in with whether they're unsaid or something that is just so built up in your mind, um, it'll just rob you from the true joy you can find with mm-hmm. relinquishing them. So mm-hmm. being present. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah uh, allowing me the privilege of working with you over the yeah. past couple months and Um, I feel like we've really gotten to know each other and it's just been so fun to just hear about your journey and watch close up the progress that you've made. And I can just sense so much more of like a confidence too, um, with just your body and what you're capable of. And, um, I know that you've empowered a lot of other women to take the time to invest in themselves and, um, ask questions and advocate for themselves and, um, it's really important so thanks for setting such a good example of that of course thanks for working with me yeah all right guys thanks so much for listening catch us next time on project pelvic health 
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. I hope you felt encouraged and that you learned something new. If you've been enjoying listening to Project Pelvic Health, would you mind just taking a minute to rate and review as well as maybe share it on your social media and subscribe to make it a little bit easier for other mamas to find us. We would so appreciate that. We'll see you next time on Project Pelvic Health. Thank you.